With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right now, let me go to the hotline and on with us. We have Dave Leventhal, senior Washington correspondent for Business Insider to talk a little bit about 2020's third party candidates. Third party candidates played a huge role in the 2016 election, not going to play quite as big of a role here in 2020, but Still something to keep an eye on. Dave, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. So let's start with who are the third-party candidates that will be on the ballot in some or most swing states? So there's only one candidate this time around who is not Joe Biden or Donald Trump, a major party candidate who's going to be on all 50 state ballots, plus the District of Columbia. And that's a woman by the name of Dr. Joe Jorgensen, who's the Libertarian Party's nominee. She is on all 50 states in the District of Columbia. And in past years, we've had candidates, uh, two, sometimes even three, who have qualified for most or all the ballots. That is not the case this time around. The closest anyone gets to Joe Jorgensen is the Green Party candidate's nominee, a man by the name of Howie Hawkins. And then we have several candidates who, uh, you know, might be on 12 ballots, 15 ballots, uh, eight Five, four, three, two, one, and uh, they're not going to be, uh, of course, uh, at all a factor in the states where they're not on the ballot, but still could play a role in the states where they are. And will one of those candidates be uh, Kanye West? Is he on a couple of ballots? I know there were some issues with some states and him being on the ballot there, whether or not he actually qualified. Kanye West is on 12 ballots, and uh, he's a, a, a potentially could <laughs> be written in on uh, states that allow for write-in candidates okay. as, well, as well, but most of the states where he's competing and is officially on the ballot are states that are effectively foregone conclusions, where we know that either Joe Biden or Donald Trump is pretty much going to run away with those states. The only exception to that is, is Iowa, which is a toss-up state, and perhaps Minnesota, which is leaning blue, but Donald Trump still has a chance to go after. So even though Kanye West uh, does have that name recognition is well known. If, if he doesn't have universal name recognition, it's pretty darn close. He's really not going to be much of a factor uh, at all. So no matter how many popular votes he gets, it's uh, not going to be in states where you could be looking at a you know, percentage point or two separating the main event and Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Looking back at past elections, what kind of impact have minor party candidates had? They've had a huge impact. So the thing about minor party candidates is you can't measure their electoral success in the number of electoral votes that they get. They just simply don't get electoral votes. You have to go back to Teddy Roosevelt more than 100 years ago, the last time that a person legitimately got electoral votes. And it wasn't because of, you know, some elector at the last minute uh, changing his or her vote, but uh, legitimately winning those votes. So, you know, almost a century uh, later, uh, we still have a system right now, which is dominated by the two parties, the Democrats and the Republicans. But that all being said, where third party candidates and minor party candidates, independent candidates can really have a major effect is them siphoning away individual votes from the Democratic and Republican Party candidates. And we've, we've seen this many times. We saw it in 1992 
with Ross Perot, who, by all accounts, uh, very deeply hurt George H.W. Bush and uh, caused Bill Clinton to, to really have uh, success that maybe he wouldn't have had, but for Ross, Ross Perot running. And then in Florida in 2000, I mean, Ralph Nader, yeah. the Green Party candidate then, uh, had, had a massive role in, uh, in Al Gore losing and George W. Bush winning that election. Now, Ralph Nader at the time said, no, it's not my fault. Don't blame me. Blame Al Gore for losing that election. He should have won his own state of Tennessee. He should have won Florida, but uh, he didn't. And then even in 2016, we saw with Jill Stein and the Libertarian candidate, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, the two of them, they, uh, Gary Johnson, I should say, the Libertarian candidate, uh, the two of them were, uh, got uh, almost 4% of the total popular vote and were absolutely critical to the outcomes in states such as Wisconsin and Michigan, other close states where if Hillary Clinton had some of those votes, not even all of them, but maybe half of them. We might be talking about President Hillary Clinton right now as opposed to President Donald Trump. So, yeah, minor party candidates in summation here can can have a very, very big spoiler effect. And the big question right now in 2020 is, is that going to be the case? Are any of these races truly going to be close enough where the Green Party candidate or the Libertarian Party candidate would provide, uh, you know, the margin of votes between what Donald Trump is going to get and what Joe Biden is going to get? I'm joined by Dave Leventhal, senior Washington correspondent for Business Insider. We're talking about 2020's third-party candidates. And let's spend some time with the one who could potentially cause the most disruption to the race, although it's not the same as 2016. At least it doesn't appear uh, to be headed that way. The Libertarian Party candidate, Dr. Joe Jurgensen, uh, what do we need to know about her? So she, uh, like many libertarians, believes in very, very limited government. If Republicans believe, in theory, in limited government, take uh, take that to the nth degree with uh, with libertarians. So she feels that Donald Trump is not nearly conservative enough, that he has abandoned Republican principles and abandoned conservative principles, and that Joe Biden would be much worse from an economic standpoint. And she views herself as somebody who truly can provide a, a counterpoint to both candidates in different ways. So she's uh, appealing a bit more to conservatives than she is liberals, but uh, also to, uh, she, you know, I talked to her at length uh, a few days ago for, for the story that we wrote. And, and she made the case too that, hey, look, uh, when it comes to Joe Biden, uh, he's not gonna bring the troops home in her estimation. He's going to be somebody who is uh, is not going to be really kind of holding the mantle and the banner for Bernie Sanders supporters or people who right now are going to maybe vote for Joe Biden. Uh, they're going to do it because they feel like they have to, because they just don't like Donald Trump that much. But she's basically saying, look, no, there, there is another option for you, and you can find an option in me. What she said, and also Howie Hawkins, the Green Party candidate, and Brock Pierce, who's an independent, he's a billionaire. People might know him from the movie The Mighty Ducks. He was a former child actor. <laughs> and all three of them, if there was one commonality, it was that they felt uh, truly and genuinely like people are not throwing away their vote if they vote third party. And they're not uh, just tossing away something that uh, that they have to use. They are voting their conscience. They're voting for principle. They're voting to plant a flag uh, in, in the estimation of Howie Hawkins uh, for something that is going to not just be of the moment, but something to begin a movement, uh, to begin a stronger third-party system uh, in the country that goes far above and beyond and supersedes 
the two-party system that we have right now. Have they felt it's been more difficult this time around to gain traction? I mean, Gary Johnson and Jill Stein didn't gain a lot of traction in 2016, but certainly enough where uh, the analysis has shown they likely uh, made a pretty big impact on the final outcome of that election with the pandemic. Has it been more difficult for these candidates to gain even that kind of traction this time around? It has been, and there's a couple reasons for it. Uh, first and foremost is the one that you just mentioned, the pandemic. Okay? That, that has dominated the political discourse in every which way you can cut it for the past seven months. So as a result, if you're not Donald Trump, who's the president, or if you're not Joe Biden, his main adversary, then you're not really in the conversation all that much. And it's already very difficult for a Green Party candidate or a Libertarian Party candidate or a Socialist Party candidate, whatever it may be, to break into the conversation. Uh, almost never are they on the debate stage, for example. You have to go back to mm -hmm. Ross Perot, as we mentioned before, for somebody who was even able to qualify for sort of that national platform uh, that uh, that everyone covets. So as a result, uh, yeah, COVID has really made it uh, all the more difficult for minor party candidates to have any platform and, and stature uh, in this election. But also, too, you know, on the Democratic side, it, it's been such a conversation about beating Donald Trump. Uh, it's not just yeah. about, well, Joe Biden, we're going to vote for him because we think he's such a phenomenal candidate. Many liberals, most Democrats feel that this is a existential crisis uh, for the country, and they believe it that deeply. So as a result, people who might be swayed by a Green Party candidate or might be swayed by some independent candidate are just uh, simply saying, no, not this time. We don't have the luxury to do so. They're making the argument that they have to vote for Joe Biden, even if they're not totally over the moon, thrilled, jazzed about Joe Biden becoming the next president of the United States. They feel he's better than Donald Trump, and that's good enough for them. I'm joined by Dave Leventhal, senior Washington correspondent for Business Insider, about 2020's third party candidates for the Libertarian Party and Dr. Joe Jurgensen. Do they feel that coming out of this upcoming election, they're probably not going to have, again, a huge impact on the outcome, although it depends. I mean, there could be a state here or there where the margins are really tight. It could be a Florida or uh, maybe one of those Midwestern states where uh, every last vote matters and, and siphoning away a few from one candidate or another uh, could impact the outcome. But do they see more of an opening long term because of the Republican Party and the way it's kind of shifted away from the small government ideology that had dominated the party for so long, uh, the conservatism that came out of uh, the Ronald Reagan presidency, and now we have more of a Trumpism, which is a bit different. Do they see an opportunity there? Was that something that ever came up? Yeah, they, they hope that there's an opportunity, but at the same time, too, they're, they're a small party, and they don't have much yeah. infrastructure. They don't have many resources. They are not well-known. They've been around for many decades, but at the same time, too, they don't really have people in the party who have 
uh, stature who are well known. Uh, we mentioned Gary Johnson before. He was at least a, a, a former governor and uh, somebody who had run for president not once but twice. And as a result, uh, was at least able to have some name recognition or had been on the, the national scene to some degree in the past before he ran for president. Mm-hmm. But not too many people know the name Jill Jorgensen. Joe Jorgensen. Uh, she's not somebody who is a, a household name by any means. And, uh, you know, it's uh, difficult enough if you have a name, if you if you do have profile. I mean, just ask Kanye West <laughs> and, uh, and still right. look at where he is. He's, he's really nowhere. And so if you're not somebody that people recognize and, and understand that, that they're a political player or trying to be one, then that, too, is a huge handicap for them trying to, when you talk about five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, build some sort of a movement that would wrap in uh, disgruntled Republicans or provide a true alternative to the Republican Party when the Republican Party is, is uh, you know, central to the American political system as just about anything out there. And I guess the same question would go to the Green Party. Uh, You've got Joe Biden as the nominee for the Democratic Party, and as much as the president and others want to make him out to be uh, a socialist and all of that, uh, we know he's just not. There are aspects, though, of the Democratic Party, the more progressive left-wing part of the party. Is the Green Party looking to potentially latch on uh, to that portion of the Democratic base that might get disaffected if some of their policy priorities uh, aren't taken seriously by a potentially more moderate Biden presidency? Well, the Green Party, in a way, has is a little bit more of a, uh, of a more straightforward play for trying to get disgruntled Democrats to come to their side. It very much focuses around the Green New Deal. Joe Biden yeah. is not for the Green New Deal, very ambitious environmental policy that uh, has been put forward by especially many of the, the uh, you know, more left-wing members of the Democratic Party are supported by it. So as a result, uh, Howie Hawkins is making the case, and made the case in our interview, that, look, if, if you really believe that environmental issues and climate change are the number one issue facing not just this country, but facing the world, facing our survival uh, as, as a human race, then you need to think about the Green Party. You need to think about me, and you need to think about the candidates that, that come after me. So are people going to buy that? Well, probably not. But at the same time, too, it's something that is less conceptual and a little bit more real. Uh, people obviously have climate change on their mind. Just ask anyone who has dealt with hurricanes on the Gulf Coast or wildfires in California or sees the temperatures rising and and everything else that's going on. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be, I think, their long-term play. And it's also their short-term play now for Howie Hawkins, the Green Party candidate, uh, trying to do well. And, you know, he wants to place uh, third in Maine and second place in Washington, D.C. These are Small, small goals here in the scheme of things, but still enough where he might be able to to give the Green Party a boost going forward. And that kind of leads me right into my final question for you, specifically, Dr. Joe Jurgensen. Is there a state or states where she's most focused on spending whatever resources she has and competing in? Well, the truth of the matter is she doesn't have many resources, so it's not like she can <laughs> yeah. go up with some big ad campaign yeah. or 
blanket the airwaves or fill your Facebook feed up with a whole bunch of ads. It's pretty meager uh, at this point. So she's doing all she can. She uh, had a tour bus and she's been up in the Northeast uh, a lot. Uh, she's going to states uh, and, and really trying to appeal to people. And in states, New Hampshire is a good example where you might mm-hmm. have a lot of independents or independent minded Democrats or Republicans for that matter. And uh, in trying to make some waves there, but probably in reality, she's going to be able She'll be lucky if she gets one, two percent of the vote nationwide, probably closer to one. And uh, and, and that's going to be less than what happened in 2016 when Gary Johnson was uh, able to perform at the two, three, four, even five percent uh, level in in many states across the country. Dave Leventhal, senior Washington correspondent for Business Insider on third party candidates in this 2020 election. Dave, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Great reporting. Hey, thanks so much. Have a great night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.